Welcome to DJ BFF! Solo intro, because, yeah, it's a new format. We might keep it forever, but because of the, uh, the coronavirus going around, it's a little difficult to have Jason come over as much. Yeah, speaking of coronavirus, oh man, a lot of stuff is currently delayed. WonderCon uh, is being set at a later date, and the Southern California Renaissance Pleasure Fair is now running from April 18th to May 17th. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. It's where the 605 and the 210 meet. Jason will be dancing, I'll be playing some music, doing some magic between shows. Come on out, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and at the very least, a fun social experiment to see how the Elizabethan society handled a plague. As of right now, we want to say that the April 18th Uh, Not Acceptable Live is still good. That may change depending on what the Game Hub and Comic Bug decide to do moving forward. But, yeah, hey, it's, it's not too bad, I think. So, you could at least still listen to this episode of the... And, well, hey, while you're stuck at home, enjoy this episode of the Daniel Jason Best Friends Forever podcast. I have to say the entire thing now because of branding. Jason, Westworld is back. It is? Yeah. Oh, okay. At least when this episode is released, Westworld is back. I haven't really kept up. I've seen half of the first episode. We're about... Oh, fuck. <laughs> Wait, sorry. I've seen half of the second episode. I've seen an episode and a half. Gotcha. So I get the basic premise. Yeah. Uh, We're but... about the... Kate and I are watching season two right now. Oh, man. I'm so behind. Yeah. It's really good. It's uh, If you don't know what Westworld is, uh, it's a theme park. It's Wild West. It looks the, awesome. Yeah, and the guests, they get to live in the Wild West. Doing whatever they want. Yeah, murder, other terrible stuff. <laughs> and it's okay because the people are like robots, yeah, I they're think. they're robots. From what I could tell, they're robots. Yeah, so you could abuse a robot all you want. It's it's not super, super ethical, but... Yeah, it's... It's sci-fi, yeah, it's yeah. I, it's I feel like it's like a modern, uh, a little more complex Blade Runner. Yeah, it sounds I, like yeah. it would have similar themes: identity, humanity, technology, and uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but in these types of stories, uh, inventors are often killed by their own inventions. <laughs> does seem to happen a lot. <laughs> uh, no spoilers, of course. <laughs> I mean, I still have no idea what's going to happen. But seriously, if, you, if you've if you ever seen a fucking sci-fi show, come on. <laughs> <laughs> it's only ever happened in Blade Runner, Matrix. 
iRobot, I think. We're talking about <laughs> inventors killed by their own inventions. Ew. Three of them. Nah, I'm surprised it's happened that often. There's a whole fucking Wikipedia article <laughs> on inventors killed by their own inventions. All right. Remind me to be careful if I ever invent something. Didn't didn't we invent like a Comic-Con cocktail once? Oh, yeah. Does seem like a fitting end. <laughs> <laughs> How did Jason die? Well, you, have you ever heard of the sad Hall H? <laughs> What's that? All right. So it's when you get Everclear, cheap whiskey, and you drink it out of a funnel <laughs> at the Paul panel. <laughs> And you do this for eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> the died, time it takes you to get into Hall H. He died drinking that? No, he got hit by a car. I just wanted to know if you ever heard of a sad Hall H. <laughs> We're going to do a sad Hall H in his honor. Yeah. 21 sad Hall H salute. <laughs> and that is the title of this episode. <laughs> nice. So these are these are the three I feel uh, I could I could make fun. I mean, as fun as three people dying can possibly be. <laughs> Franz Reichelt. I'm also probably going to butcher a lot of stuff this episode. Like mainly, mainly in this first one. Franz Reichelt was a tailor living in Paris. All right. But his true passion was working on an invention that would change the world with the rise of the airplane. Oh, wow. Once the final bit of the day's business was done, he began to work on his parachute design. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> you see, at the time, uh, the typical parachute in an airplane was already open. What? <laughs> How did they... Very badly. <laughs> so if you're playing got shot down, and you had to jump out of it, there was a good chance your parachute would get snagged on something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> However, Franz's design, uh, it added a few pieces of structure, a silk canopy, and pieces of rubber. That way it could be compressed, and when you jump out of the plane, you could pull on a part so the parachute would launch outwards. Hmm. What a weird side hobby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everybody needs one. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> also, also, it's like 1909. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. Airplanes sound like they've barely been around at this point. Yeah. But I imagine because they've barely been around, they don't have a lot of safety measures. <laughs> so, <laughs> you really need... A good parachute design. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's that and effective ways to eat peanuts <laughs> in no particular order. I imagine he was having a conversation after seeing an airplane crash and somebody was like, oh, that sucks that that guy got stuck. Somebody should invent a better parachute. And yeah. his light bulb went off over his head. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Somebody should do that. <laughs> through multiple tests, through multiple tests using mannequins, 
the parachute design, it was it was successful. Oh, nice. Yeah. And after a few mannequin tests, uh, he made the decision every doctor makes before a massive zombie apocalypse. What? I know I should probably wait and do more testing, but I think it's time for human trials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is how all those movies start. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, this episode is brought to you by snakes. Snakes is the all snake. <laughs> no, I'm not going to finish that. Just pretend I'm talking about Metal Gear Solid or something. <laughs> oh, man. Good pivot. This episode is not brought to you by snakes. It's about me giving the finger to Konami. Yep. <laughs> Fuck Konami. Fuck Konami. <laughs> he believed in his invention so much that he invited the press for a public demonstration. The first time? Uh, no. Okay. So he's already tested it on He's human. already tested it on mannequins. But this is the first time he's trying it with a human. Yes. I feel like he should invite the press the second time he tried it with humans. Can I tell you something, Jason? What? It ends up okay? No. Well... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> His design was safe at five stories. Okay. Uh, but because the press was there, he wanted to do something a little bigger. He jumped off of the Eiffel Tower. Is that taller than five stories? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I totally fucked up this research. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> That's crazy, right? Uh, yeah, I... Why would you just change up the test completely? Well, here's the thing. I've... The police only cleared him to do this because he told the police and the authorities, I'm only going to be using a mannequin. Oh, okay. In fact, he told his friends and family who helped him set up the stunt... That he was only going to use a mannequin. Oh my god. And he only told them literally before he jumped. Friends and family, not the police. Right. Oh no. Ah, that's mean. He really believed in his invention though. Yeah. I'm jealous. Yeah. (laughs) I wish I believed in something that much. I know, right? (laughs) If I could just believe in anything. As much as that guy believed in himself and his abilities to make a parachute. His friends and family tried to talk him out of it, (laughs) saying, hey, there's some really high wind up here. (laughs) I think it's a bad idea. So he told them that he was going to put it on himself literally right before he went up. Okay. That's, yeah, that would be terrible. (laughs) Well, it didn't work. Uh, He jumped. And he was dead when he made impact with the frozen February Earth. Ah. Uh. Yeah, a report by Popular Mechanics said his body was a shapeless mass when the police picked it up. Oh, dang. Here's the thing, though. An autopsy report showed that he didn't die from the impact. What? He died from a heart attack mid-fall. What? (laughs) (laughs) So whenever you, like, have your edgy friend, like, chain smoke a pack of Lucky Strikes, 
and like down a flask of cheap scotch and go, it's not the fall that kills you. It's the impact. Jason, you gotta go, really, Daniel? <laughs> Fucking seriously? What about Franz Reichel? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the, the impact didn't fucking kill him. <laughs> We're fucking worried about you. <laughs> Take your fucking meds. <laughs> and that goes for uh, all the other people out there <laughs> thrown in that situation. So did the par- so the parachute worked kind of. Apparently, he died mid-fall <laughs> and had a heart attack. <laughs> That's so- that doesn't happen if you go. This is really working out for me. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. <laughs> you know, looking back, I kind of wish I changed my mind on this whole trying it out of myself thing. Before the jump, do you know what he said? What? I want to try the experiment myself and without trickery, as I intend to prove the worth of my invention. Oh, man. <laughs> that is just... Oh, that is rough. I wish I believed in something that much. <laughs> Are you sure, France? I have never been more sure of anything in my life. All right, on a scale of one to five inventions killing you. (laughs) On a scale of one to five sad hall H's. (laughs) How many sad hall H's (laughs) would you rate? uh, Oh, that's fucked up. I'm going to give it 4.5 sad hall H's. Yeah, that's fair. Just the, the sheer faith this guy had. I could just imagine the family being like, I mean, we probably should stop him, right? But on the other hand, he seems really sure about himself. So let's just let him do it. One of his cousins. Yeah, what's the worst that could happen? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jason, I'm going to send you something, but don't look at what it is yet. All right. It's It's a link... For Raid Shadow Legends. Oh, great. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> but how the fuck are we the only people not sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends? I can't be that I'm hard. taking this as a personal slight <laughs> against our podcast. <laughs> There's got to be a way we could get sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. Do you think if we just like look in the mirror and say Raid Shadow Legends... <laughs> Three times we'll get an offer code. <laughs> <laughs> Just appears in the fog in the mirror. Luis Jimenez worked as a professional artist for over 30 years. And here's the thing. His art was distinctive. You could know it was him who did the piece. Okay, cool. His sculptures used fiberglass, radiant in color through the process of polychrome. He was highly influenced by his knowledge at art history. Mm -hmm. Basically, a lot of his work tied into Southwestern and Hispanic culture. And this was important because he was able to tell stories that either couldn't be said or lacked the proper context during the Wild West. Nice. Somebody should be telling those stories. Yeah. Fun fact, the Wild West was not entirely white. What? Yeah. There were, you know, Asian and black cowboys. What? Yeah. Crazy, right? That is crazy. I can't fucking believe Shanghai Noon. (laughs) 
is relatively fine. Yes, please. Nice. <laughs> Knowing his expertise in Western themes, he was hired by an airport to build a sculpture. Okay. Nice. That's not weird, right? No, I don't think so. Because like medium to large airports, they usually have a few pieces of art, usually like tied to the city or history. Yeah, I like that idea. Giant painting or sculpture or statue or something. What made it weird was the fact that this was the Denver International Airport. Oh. It's Denver. Yeah, Denver's in the West. That makes sense. It needs its own episode, but do you know about the Denver International Airport at all? Why? There's a few conspiracy theories tied to it. Really? Yeah. It needs its own episode. These are just a few of them. Uh, that view taken from travelandleisure.com. It was built by the New World Order. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I have heard that one before. Wait. <laughs> I'll, I'll do something that makes more sense. It contains the Illuminati headquarters. <laughs> Why would they meet at an airport? Why are you laughing? That's Why loud. Laughing? It's loud and annoying. <laughs> The underground tunnels have bunkers. For the, the Illuminati. Yeah. Well, for like the rich and wealthy, when the world ends, fly to Denver. <laughs> of course. I'll, I'll try to remember that. You'll never be rich, famous, or wealthy. <laughs> Not unless we get that damn Raid Shadow Legends sponsor. It's the only way. Don't fuck us on this. <laughs> we need it. <laughs> But the main conspiracy theory that ties to this was that the giant blue horse sculpture is a nod to the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Wow. And I just sent you a text earlier. Yes. Check the text. Oh my God, that thing is terrifying. Okay. Actually, all those theories make sense now. <laughs> <laughs> the sculpture has been nicknamed Blucifer. That thing is definitely yeah. evil. Is that a horse cock yeah okay <laughs> louise was to construct a blue 32 foot tall horse with a golden mane and fire red glowing eyes why did they need the fire red glowing eyes <laughs> okay maybe this thing was commissioned by the new world order <laughs> well his sculpture was based on a much smaller eight foot horse standing at the university of oklahoma but I was too lazy to research if the original also had fire glowing red <laughs> eyes. <laughs> well, Denver is fucking terrifying, but oh, he's the little Sebastian of terrifying horses. Ah, <laughs> he's like a tiny evil. Yeah. I want you to guess what happens next. Um, the horse kills him, Jason. I, I, yeah, I'm the kinda, horse fucking kills how him. How is that possible? Does the horse come alive? Well, Luis died at the age of 65 on June 13th, 2006, when a large portion of the sculpture fell onto him and severed a major artery in his leg. Oh, was it while he was building it? Oh, my God. This horse murdered him. <laughs> <laughs> Holy fuck, it's so evil. After his death, Blue Mustang, uh, sorry, 
Blucifer's given name. <laughs> of course. <laughs> well, it'd be crazy if he named it Blucifer. <laughs> <laughs> it would be fitting. Oh, man. <laughs> and it'd be a little on the nose. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think apocalypse-inspired horse <laughs> sculptures don't really like to delve into subtlety very much. <laughs> uh, after his death, Blue Mustang was finished by friends, family, staff, and even fucking professional race car painters. Whoa, nice. It's a team effort. Yeah. And the sculpture was open to the public on February 11th, 2008. So we don't know if it was commissioned by the New World Order? We don't know. Is it possible they killed him so nobody would find out? Oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) You know he probably still has family, right? Oh, God, you're probably right. 2006 is really recent. I miss 2006. Me too. Actually, I don't. <laughs> I don't miss being bullied for depression and magic and obsessions with ghosts. Oh, yeah. 2006 sucked. Yeah. And that's honestly how I make my money now. Yeah. <laughs> so joke's on you, Summer Hawkins. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yes. Totally real person. <laughs> All right, we got one more, Jason. All right. Oh, wait. How many sad Hall H's on a scale of one to five sad Hall H's? What would you rate Blucifer? I'm going to give Blucifer four out of five sad Hall H's. I'm going to give Blucifer three out of five sad Hall H's. Yeah, that's pretty fitting. Well, I mean, like, it sucks that he was killed by his art, but... You know, it's less awful than designing a parachute <laughs> and having the first human trial be jumping off the fucking Eiffel Tower. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> and this guy had a long, successful life of, yeah. being, of art. 30 years him. of being a professional artist. That's yeah. fucking rad. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah. It was an apocalypse source, though. It definitely was. <laughs> when the apocalypse happens, that thing is 100% going to come alive and start breathing fire on the people of the Denver International Airport. We got one more, Jason. All right. Thomas Andrews. Uh, it Do doesn't you know ring a bell. No. Well, Thomas Andrews was a very... Thomas Andrews was very fortunate to have been born into a successful family. His brother would later become the Prime Minister of Northern Ireland, while his uncle was the head owner of Harland and Wolf, a shipping firm in Belfast. Oh, so this guy's doing all right for himself. Yeah. Well, at the age of 16, he began his apprenticeship working at the uncle's shipyard. And uh, people hated nepotism back then as much as they hate it now mm-hmm. uh, but they definitely still had it then they definitely like they did now they definitely <laughs> still had it uh, so Thomas was determined he had to work just as hard if not harder than everyone else on the job nice yeah so during the day he worked in the shipyard and at night he studied technical design at Belfast College of Technology This is the turn of the 20th century, by the way. Okay. Late 19th century. 
This guy's hustling. I like yeah, it. He's fucking. He's <laughs> fucking rad. Uh, he would. He would end up uh, being the head of the repair department, and he would eventually end up designing a ton of vessels. And with all of the hard work, he climbed the career ladder. He became the chief of design and later became the managing director of the entire firm. Nice. Yeah. This guy really worked his way up. Yeah. Well, it's, it's 1907 now. And the White Star Line, they decided to create a new type of luxury liner. Wait, White Star and Line, Harland, that sounds familiar. <laughs> Harland and Wolf were hired to design and manufacture the new ships. Thomas was given full reign as the creative designer. And he made two sister ships, the Olympic and the Titanic. I knew it. I knew it sounded familiar, White Star Line. <laughs> this guy made the Titanic? Yes. <laughs> he made the Titanic and the Olympic, which nobody cares about. Well, can you blame them? <laughs> <laughs> the final design included compartments in the ship, which could be sealed airtight. If the do- if the boat began to sink, Jason, it was believed that this could help keep it afloat. Would you mean it's um? Yeah. Would you even say it's unsinkable? Yeah. The design <laughs> decided to start the idea that the two ships were unsinkable. <laughs> and Thomas was part of the guarantee group. The team was composed of the smartest and most skilled people who worked at Harland and Wolf. And it was their job to sail the maiden voyages of both ships. <laughs> nice. Well, we got- they did it for a fair reason. They'll take notes on any problems or improvements that needed to be made when they were docked. Huh. Did they find any? Any uh, any little flaws <laughs> they were able to identify? Dude, it'd be super fucking weird if, like, somehow we were able to get his journal and, like, we look in it and it's just, we fucked up. <laughs> we done goofed. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> I hope no one finds this book. <laughs> If they do, oh man! <laughs> I like the it's like day one. It's like nothing so far. Day two, oh, one of these doors is a little wide, and scraping the paint on this wall, we'll probably kind of have to, you know, shrink that a bit. Maybe buff those scratches out. A couple of days in, ah oh, fuck! <laughs> yeah. Well, when the crash happened, it's reported that he stayed in the smoking room for a few few moments, and then went to help assist. And evacuating the ship. Oh, nice. Damn. Those must have been an intense couple moments just sitting there. (laughs) He's just, he's just, he's just smoking. Like the cowboy bebop OST is just playing in his head. (laughs) Sir, we need help. The Rio Blues. (laughs) Fuck. All right. Oh, it's also been said that he's been throw. He, he, it's also been said that he threw deck chairs overboard. Why? Oh, for people to like float on and stuff. Yeah. Nice. They probably uh, still froze to death, but you it's know. also believed that he could have been mistaken for Charles Yalin, who was doing the same thing. No, <laughs> well, I like to think he was. <laughs> they could have both been doing the same. Yeah, thing. Yeah, well, they could have both been throwing. It's chairs. not like it's not like. You know, he started doing it, and Yalin was like, nah, man, 
this get is your my- own thing. <laughs> Look, clearly this is going to go down in history. I want to be going down in history as the chair guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can I give you a bonus fact? What? Uh, Charles Yalin inspired Clint Eastwood yelling and throwing that chair. <laughs> <laughs> He's the chair speech guy? Nice. Uh, Thomas was seen running to the bridge to look for the captain. He was seen leaving the ship, but his body was never recovered, or at the very least, never identified. Ah, damn. Yeah. I guess things were a little busy, and people weren't able to keep track of him. (laughs) Or maybe. Hear me out. He had a small romance, and the romantic partner was on a door, (laughs) and there's no room on this door, (laughs) even though it was like a grand hall door that you could fit 30 people on, (laughs) and there were only like five people on the door. Oh, maybe. Maybe that did happen. I actually, he actually is a character in the movie. Yeah, I could have sworn the guy yeah. who designed it was like in the movie. At yeah, some he's point. in the movie. He's, mm-hmm. he's fine. Does he say something like "This is unsinkable"? Uh, he notes that he designed to have more lifeboats aboard. They just didn't have them. Uh, it took up too much space. <laughs> anyway, too much space. <laughs> uh, sir, you ordered all these boxes of wine. It's a oh, fucking, where are we supposed it's to put a fucking, It's a fucking unsinkable <laughs> ship, Jason. <laughs> well, this thing is unsinkable. Why do we have so many life? Get those things out of here. Just move the wine where the life buds were. It's fine. <laughs> how many? How many sad hall H's <laughs> on a scale of one to five? <laughs> um, I'm gonna say. 3.5 sad hall H's. What? 4.5. I'm, I'm giving this guy a 5 out of 5 on sad hall H's. Actually, yeah. It's pretty... No, actually, yeah, I'm going with 5 sad hall H's. You're right. 5 yeah, out of 5. Like not to, not this to is sh- the only not to shit on Franz Reichelt. <laughs> <laughs> this is the only guy of the ones we've heard today who not only did his invention kill him... But he, at the same time, he had to turn around and watch it kill like <laughs> hundreds of other people. <laughs> As being like, ah, oh, fuck. This at is- least he tried to help them. <laughs> he tried to help them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. At least you could he could say that. I wonder yeah. if he was thinking while he was doing this, like, I hope the Olympic is going well. <laughs> <laughs> one out of two ain't bad <laughs> oh man the olympic is just like a party cruise <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> oh. sir we found too much alcohol and all these jewels we'll just have to give it to all the members of the crew <laughs> and all the guests and who what's wants the- free money <laughs> and what's that every single person walks away with a brand new nintendo switch <laughs> With four pro controllers, Breath of the Wild, and Smash. Mind you, not every household, every single fucking person. <laughs> God fucking damn it. <laughs> yeah, five out of five. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thomas Andrews. You're right. Yeah. Poor. Now I know who Thomas Andrews is. 
It's rough. That's a dog. Thomas Andrews. A- no. Oh, God damn it. Rough, 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 is, rough is from oh, a dog. Fuck you. <laughs> well, isn't that fun? You could follow Jason's blog on game design, dungeon mastering at thoughtcauldron.com. For me personally, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at DHPGastelum. G-A-S-T-E-L-U-M as in Mary. Stop by DHPGastelum.com. Mondays we update with podcasts, Wednesdays and Fridays with comics, and you can read Aria, a cyberpunk mystery, all the way up to chapter 6. We should be having volume 2 ready to sell in print and digital very, very soon. We were going to have them at WonderCon, but we might have them at the live show if it still happens. Thank you very much for listening. If you want to help the show out, give us a rating and a review on iTunes. It'll help us get found so much easier. And if you want to help the show out even more, consider sponsoring us on Patreon. You'll get early comics, early podcasts, discounted merch, discounted tickets, and uh, exclusives like Chapter 2 of the worst Sonic fanfic ever. Well, see you soon, and don't don't sneeze. All right, wash your fucking hands. Jesus, just, just wash them. <laughs>